Hi, it's Brad Hook here, and this is the Resilience Podcast. I'm joined by our founder, Dr. Sven Hansen, and today we're right. going to discuss a topic which is important to many of us, myself and Sven included. We know intuitively that spending time in nature is good for us, but I'm fascinated to hear, Sven, from your perspective, what does the research show and what are some practical tips for us to make the most of the world out there? Mm, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, maybe as a, well, let's remember, we want to keep the short first. Yeah. Second, our three principles. What is the evidence, as you ask? In what way is nature integral? In other words, the physical, emotional, mental effects, maybe even spiritual for some. And uh, thirdly, practical, what do we do? So, so let's try and work through those. But can I ask you firstly, what, what's your, how do you let nature serve your life? Well, I think first off, it's creating rhythms that are locked into routine. So for me, spending at least half an hour in nature each day, whether it's surfing when the conditions are good or looking up the mountain, it's not a mountain, it's a hill, but spending time outdoors and prioritizing that because I know intuitively that it has a positive effect on, on well-being. I've read a lot about negative ions, the Leonard effect of waves breaking, and as a result, it has this natural antidepressive effect. The research is not clear on that, but I know from my own perspective that you feel pretty good after a surf, and I know you, you've, you've, you've experienced that too. Indeed. And I think, you know, if, if one were to summarize the entire body of research as I see it currently, it is really that, that mood lifting effect. Mm -hmm. So quite clearly what happens is the negative emotions decline yeah. and the positive emotions increase. And I think we all feel that mm -hmm. intuitively, as you say, and I, I think that would be uh, for me, say, yes, there's very strong evidence, but actually trust your intuitions. You know, because we may be different. Some of us like the sea and the negative ions. Some of us like the mountains and the ice. <laughs> and we're different. And I think, you know, to honor that difference is, is really important. And, and how do you prioritize it, Sam? I, I think it's, I'm a bit of a nature junkie. So for me, it's really important where I live, you know, to try and have a window. Like I can see some trees and a bit of a hill even a little thing like that through the day. So I try to make sure there's some feeding of nature through most of the day, because I know I feel really downward drift if I don't see nature. But, you know, there's absolutely no doubt like you, the, the ocean really does it. You know, when I'm next to a, a, an ocean, it, it feels like a different life. But love the mountains as well. And uh, to be honest, I really love nature too, you know, in terms of animals, bio, biophilia, they call it the love of nature. I like it. I like it. Tell us more about biophilia and uh, what, what does the research suggest? Yeah, so let's share a couple of slides, maybe just to, to get into the uh, theme of it. Um, As I sort of work at this, um, yes, look at the research, respect your needs. Nature's gonna mean different things for each of us. And um, it's so important to take time to work out what that is. I think the single biggest 
thought for today's session. You can very easily lose your contact with nature. So you asked the question around biophilia. You know, biophilia is, is this means love of nature. When you forget that love, you know, just like in a relationship that goes uh, bad, you stop loving. Love is hard work. You have to put something in. And I think the danger in our very digital, active, super distracted world is that the time for nature is reducing. And we know for a fact that is really bad for human beings. If you can develop that sense of loving nature where you actually miss it like you've missed your partner, it's easy, isn't it? Because you'll go hunt it out. And you know, even governments and cities are all very aware of the importance of green spaces. You know, you improve the overall community well-being straight away. So I mean, a couple of thoughts just for those who are, who are interested, you know, some of the core research um, in psychology was that just having a little bit of time in nature, reduced distress, definitely dropped the hormone cortisol levels, reduces worry, uh, makes you much more calm, you sleep better. And, uh, you know, for anyone who's struggling with sleep, just going camping for a couple of days will usually fix your various sleep elements very quickly. Um, there's a long history of research, well shown, just stepping into nature, whether it's the ocean or the bush, your blood pressure drops, your heart rate variability becomes more stable. And then a really important thing for our health system is, particularly if you start early in life, if you're exposed to the outdoors, it reduces inflammation. So you get much less allergy, atopy, asthma, and all the long-term chronic inflammatory diseases, which you know, certainly include heart disease, teeth disease, gut diseases, which have a massive cost to society. And, and there's, a, there's a lesser research on things like obesity, diabetes, and people who take roughly as will come to 120 minutes per day get a, a reduced all-cause mortality, which is huge, right? So that's cancer, that's cardiovascular disease, it's, it's respiratory disease, all big ones. And as we said earlier, you know, the, the single biggest one in the psychological literature is it is a major mood stimulant mm -hmm. um, and leads to us feeling much more connected. So we've talked previously about Johan Hari's book. Uh, oh, what do they call it? Lost Connections. Yeah. And he has a chapter there on how we've disconnected from nature and how we can reconnect to nature. I think it's beautifully put. And I think really important ones, you know, there's no doubt that just having a little break in nature has a massive refresh effect on attention. In fact, Terry, one of our teams shared something on LinkedIn on that today. You know, the importance of maybe just stepping to the deck, looking out into, into the garden between Zoom calls. Mm. It will improve your ability to dial into the next call. Uh, for kids with ADHD, it improves it. And then, you know, there's a really interesting... Uh, clear measure all forms of mental illness uh, and they call it nature deficit disorder um, they all reduce if you're exposed more to nature whereas if you isolate people from nature they they increase there's some weaker work on creativity and then i think you know a very important thing is is not to remember the joy factor the fulfillment factor you know sometimes when people come back from the mountains or a day on the river or a day on the beach you just 
feel a better human. You've probably got some flow. You've got some respect for a bigger planet. I think that's a really, really good thing. Brad, any perspectives from, from your experience? I mean, you know, you spent your life in the ocean. Oh, this is true. This is true. Look, I think it's it's anecdotal. Oh, it's not really. I mean, I've I've interviewed lots of people over the course of my life while writing for magazines and various other uh, uh, other activities. And one hundred percent, I'm with you. And I think that what what you said is so true. If you can combine an element of flow whilst you're in nature. Well, you get the double whammy. You get the, all of the benefits of that deep immersion in the task where your skills match the challenge and you're, you're out there experiencing the world. The Japanese have that practice, which I refer to a lot, called Shinrin-yoku, forest bathing. And yes. exactly those benefits you mentioned in terms of inflammation, reducing inflammation, lowering blood pressure. It, it's, it's not... People think, wow, this is incredible, but it's not really. Yeah. I think that we, we sometimes think that nature is this quaint place, uh, the great outdoors. We forget that we emerged from nature. We're not born into this, this world. Indeed. But we emerged from it. So, of course, we're deeply connected to it. Yeah, and if you look at our sort of genetic and cultural social evolution you know, it was only very recently that we started the emergence, you know, with buildings and vehicles and engines and factories. Prior to that, we were locked into nature, you know, 24 seven. Um, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, our reduction of nature, I, I think, you know, as we worry today about our mental health issues, we worry about our physical health issues, we, uh, you know, worry about the engagement or life satisfaction. Well, I really think each one of us could take a little reality check and say, okay, so here's my health and well-being resilience program, whatever you might call it. Where does nature fit in? You know, that, that's the question. I think the evidence for that is crystal clear. It's coming, as you say, from multiple countries. It's been engaged with by top universities, by um, you know, many experts from many different disciplines. So I think it's kind of case closed. It works. Two. It affects us at so many different levels. And, you know, as you said, if you can get that flow immersion experience, you, you kind of pull all of them together in a way. And it's it's practical stuff. I mean, there are a couple of thoughts uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, just reviewing things over the last few days. Uh, one that definitely got my attention, start early. You know, in fact, when, when, when you become pregnant, take more time for nature. Mm, makes sense. Because the earlier you start, the more significant the benefits are over time. And when we think about things like mental illness, uh, you know, cardiovascular disease, cancer, th this could be a huge thing. Absolutely. And when you look at some of the hospital environments that kids come to, to life in, where's the nature, right? You know, it's like, bright lights, machinery, boxes, sterilization, endless growling noises, yeah. which it's very threatening, right? And so, so I think, you know, this, this whole idea, even when you're starting a family, is think about how do you humbly and within your resources, you know, surround yourself with a pot plant, you know, a, an outlook in the sky, a view of the sunrise, whatever it might be. So that was really important. I think for those of us who, who just, uh, 
there's a really good economic drive to, you know, nature in its healthy, biodiverse ways, delivering 125 trillion in benefits to humans per year. So if we wreck our oceans, we wreck our uh, forests or our air, it's going to be uh, testing. And then what has coalesced over the last decade is, is 120 minutes a week seems to be the, the tipping point. So all of these benefits, physical, emotional, mental, really hit that tipping point when you accumulate roughly 120 minutes a week, which, you know, that's around about 17 minutes. It's, it's not a lot, right? You know, given we came from a world of 24 seven, 17 minutes per day is, is, is totally doable. Mm. Um, you know, I think knowing what works for you is really important. And, you know, I would wrap it just with saying, so where are you getting up 10 or 20 minutes? And maybe just a point to that, Brad, from my, is to step away from the distraction and to be 100% present to your 10 or 20 minutes. Mm. So you really focus on the bird or focus on the bush or the scenery or, or your walk in the forest, forest bathing. That's it. Mm, I'm with you. Yeah, and I think that's it, Brad. I, I think this is such a simple one, but uh, very easy to forget how, how important that biophilia is to us. You know, the endless stream of dopamine is leading to neglect of this really, really important resource. Absolutely. I see people going for their walks and runs completely absorbed by these things. And it seems such a shame. So use, activate all of your senses when you're out there, make time in nature, a complete sensory experience, disconnect and just enjoy it, right? Couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, one's got to be careful challenging these devices, but it is sometimes a little alarming how disconnected people are, even from dangers around them. You know, they, they don't hear you. They don't see you. They're so busy listening or playing or talking. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Great. So wherever you are, hopefully people out there can find some space. As you said, most cities have green spaces around. So take some time, experiment allocate 10 minutes, make it as much of a priority as that meeting that you've got or checking your emails or checking a social feed. And that's your time for biophilia. And let us yeah. know how it goes. Absolutely. Excellent. Key message. Thank you, Brad. Thanks so much, Sven. That was a good one. Nature, everyone. And we will continue with the Resilience Podcast. So stay tuned. Thanks very much. See you.